Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Back to the Point. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Migs. And I'm Ian. And it's been a while since we last recorded. There have been a lot of um, big life changes for us, I suppose. Um, I got married, so that's Woo! a big thing. Yeah. It was and a beautiful Ian wedding. is coming back to California, officially. And I am officially on my way back to California. Seattle, it's been great. California is my home. <laughs> yeah so uh uh anyway but uh we're glad to get back recording there's some exciting stuff happening in the hockey world with the sharks and the league in general with the expansion draft coming up so we're definitely going to hit that today um mm-hmm. we haven't recorded since the sharks were eliminated after the first round and obviously the pittsburgh penguins have w- gone on to win their second straight stanley cup which is quite an impressive feat in this day and age um congratulations to them uh sad for nashville fans we we kind of know what that's like and that sucks um do you do you want to talk about the stanley cup final at all or just hit on it your thoughts um i think it's an amazing achievement for the penguins just to be able to win the stanley cup one year under the salary so they're the first team to win it back to back in the stan in the salary cap era which i think is like post 2004 2005 or something like that uh that's a huge feat um i mean they kept i think it was above 90 percent of their team between the last stanley cup and this stanley cup and when you win a stanley cup everyone wants yeah it's just really hard to keep your team intact so the fact that they're able to do that is quite the feat um don't think their team will look very similar after this obviously obviously their core will still be there so you know, if they can win another time or go really deep, you know, this coming year, that would be insane. I do feel for Nashville, special being your first Stanley Cup final as a expansion franchise um, within the past 30 years or so. So, yeah, I was kind of rooting for Nashville. Don't like the Penguins beat us last time. Don't really want to. Don't really want them to win. But I think Miggs was saying, um, you know, I don't want another cupless franchise to win until we do <laughs> yeah that was the bitter part of me that uh <clears throat> didn't want Just the I, I, a specifically younger I'm franchise really than us to win before us so a part of me was glad that the penguins won but i also feel for nashville and um who did you think would win that series before it started i honestly thought uh nashville would win the series uh, the Penguins were coming in without Latang, and they were pretty beat up. Um, and yeah, Nashville just seemed super deep, and they were scoring really well. I think if uh, Ryan Johansson or Johansson uh, was not injured in that top line, that was just scoring at will, would have stayed together. I think that could have made the a big difference in the series. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I think it'll be great to see how, like, people who are really into analytics view how their view changes because uh, the Penguins were getting dominated every night, but still winning. Right? They were not getting very many shots on goal at all, but were still winning. So obviously that's a systemic thing over the course of 20 or 30 games in the postseason. Not 30, but, you know, 
20 plus games in the postseason if they play the same way the whole time and they win the same way and they you know like it's more than just Corsi and possession yeah absolutely so it'll be interesting to see how people like publicly I'm sure NHL teams have their own internal like advanced analytics and that's been stated before uh, maybe in our podcast but you know in interviews every once in a while you get a long interview with the GM and that's always kind of brought up but hopefully, you know, the wider blogosphere, Twitter sphere, general fan base gets more access to maybe some more meaningful um, metrics. And I think if that means that there can be multiple styles in the NHL that are like drastically different instead of just minor variations around it, I think that'll just be interesting for fans. So, you know, if a different team that plays differently continues to win, I think teams will adopt it. So, it's yeah. Cool. Maybe the advanced stats will get even more advanced, and uh, they'll kind of uncover what's truly more meaningful. But yeah, you know, I that's think... interesting with Pittsburgh because you know, to be honest, I didn't see a sing- I watched the highlights in maybe one or two games, um, so I, I didn't. That wasn't really evident to me of maybe the possession battle, but just knowing Pittsburgh and what they can do. Uh, they could beat you in any number of ways just with the talent and skill they have. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but as much as I had that bitterness, I do feel for Nashville, and it is exciting, and their city really rallied around them, and um, yeah, hopefully that'll be the Sharks again next year. Yeah, uh, I mean, the Sharks last year, we were really at it too. Our building yeah, oh, was definitely. loud, and I think that's really good to see these expansion teams with, like, really – raucous interesting home crowds uh you know over some other expansion cities maybe are not as good as far as like interesting and what am i trying to say it's good that an expansion team can have just as loud if not louder an atmosphere louder a crowd than um you know some original six teams so that's cool um, I really liked that uh, Nashville has its own, like, su- almost like a supporters section for, like, a soccer team, like a European soccer team with them doing chants the whole time. Uh, every time they scored a goal, they, like, everyone in the building just yelled the same thing in, like, perfect unison, and it was like, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. Goalie's name, you suck. Goalie's name, you suck. Or some iteration of that, and it's like, dang. <laughs> it's like really loud, and you can pick it up on a broadcast, so you know it's really clear in the stadium. Hey, it's the Music like a, City. They're good at getting things in rhythm and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would love to have some sort of like supporter section or like chanting. I don't, not really supporter section. That's stupid, because with the flags and the banners and stuff, that gets really annoying. Uh, I've been to a couple Sounders, Sounders game here. <laughs> it can here. get very annoying where you're if it's you're just really like annoying. not if you part of it and you're them. sitting next to it and you can't hear anything. It just distracts you, yeah. Yeah, with the man, I've sat behind the flag people before where they're just waving the whole game. It's like great, can't see anything in my half. <laughs> However, I do like the chant things. I like that, especially like in an indoor stadium, it can get really loud. So I think that's cool, and I like that Nashville's kind of bringing it in. Maybe some other teams will start to kind of get that going. So that'd be cool. Yeah. So should, should we move on, on to uh, the main purpose of our podcast? Uh, there was some small news. So let's hit that up first. Um, I think maybe even during, during the Stanley Cup final, 
before that, there was um, there's a couple signings, some free agents as well as AHL RFAs, um, a big rumor, and two Sharks people have left the organization. And obviously there's big expansion, expansion draft news. We are recording on Sunday... June 18th, so the expansion draft lists of who is protected and who is not protected are finalized and made available to the public. Uh, the media are going crazy, and um, there's been some really interesting stories coming out of it. I can't wait to personally watch the draft on Wednesday. Very interesting to see the team get revealed like on live television. I think that'll be yeah, kind of cool. Be In fun. Vegas, too. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> excited Hopefully to Brent watch Burns that. wins the Norris Trophy that night, too. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he wins the Norris and the Ted Lindsay, or at least wins one of those. Oh, that would be awesome if he won the Ted Lindsay. Because the that, Ted Lindsay is like... That uh, means a lot. Like, yeah. your peers voting you the most valuable player, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not just like, oh, a leadership award. It's like, I mean, obviously that's great. But it's like the heart, but voted on by players instead of media members who maybe don't have the same point of view and get some And have their own biases. Have their own biases for storylines and stuff. I mean, like players were, have their own biases, of course, but yeah. if it's but somebody mean, on another team, you probably hate them all equally. <laughs> yeah, like we were, we were less divisional yours, opponents, we had, I suppose. I was listening to some of the ESPN Hockey Today podcast before they were disbanded, and ESPN fired like a hundred people and so kicked sad. out all of their NHL correspondents, except had, for uh, Craig Custance, who is leaving on his uh, of his own volition, I believe. No, he already left. He's uh, he left to go with the yeah, stars. Yeah, but he so wasn't. Like I don't think he was one of the ones let go. He stayed. Out, he was like oh. he well, kept his position, but he left soon after that. Yeah. Well, anyways, he was on the podcast as well, and they were talking about how like a couple years, like they had come down to like who gets an assist in like the last game of the season, and it's like for NHL like MVP, it shouldn't come down to that, you know. Like it shouldn't mm-hmm. come down to who had more ice time in the very last game and who had that like final shift or like threw a hit or got like one <laughs> secondary assist. You know, it's like it shouldn't count like that. There so should be I'm enough factors that there are two to... separate rewards. Yeah. Yeah. There should be enough factors to kind of separate um, an MVP in somebody's mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, pl- there's enough distinction the... in the way that players play and kind of what they do for players around them in addition to their own production and how they are off the ice, I guess, if you want to consider those things and what they mean to their team, uh, that, that distinction should be strong enough, I suppose. Yep. Uh, do you want to talk about some of this? We had some European free agent signings. Yeah, you can, you you can kick that? off with uh, talking about those. Okay. So as is every year, the uh, world world international ice hockey federation i think that's iihf has their world championships every year about the same time as nhl playoffs it is not the olympics and it is not the world cup of hockey it is the annual um i don't know what i'm trying to say it's the annual competition about the team or about teams around the world, and it's cool. The world championship? Um, yeah. It means a lot more for non-NHL players than it does for NHL players because oftentimes the best NHL players are still playing in the playoffs. So I've heard it means uh, a lot in Europe. 
kind of that's what relative I mean to, say, to Canada yeah. and the U.S. Yeah, so NHL teams don't really care that much because they're just finishing their season or just finishing the playoffs and they don't have much steam to go and play another tournament. Yeah. However, there is a couple people who we signed who I believe took part in both of those. There was Radim Shimek, a Czech defenseman. He's 24, and he's slated as a very mobile, puck-moving, kind of offensively-minded, while still defensively responsible defenseman. Uh, he had a, a really good world championships, and oftentimes European free agents use that competition as a stepping stone to the NHL. We also signed Philip Sandberg, who is a center slash right wing, playing in Sweden, and he also played for Sweden, I think, on their championship team. And uh, he hopefully fits the same mold as some of our other European free agents, and. Um, We've had some success in that. Um, we get these we get these European free agents for free, right? So any sort of, you know, if they come out and are like a super long-time player and they score a ton of goals, obviously that's the best possible thing. But even if we just get them and turn them into draft picks a couple years later, you know, we just getting our, we're getting draft picks for free at that point, right? We're not having to waste a draft pick on a player to convert them to another draft pick. We just get it for free. So we've had some success with this with Don Scoy, with Melker Carlson, with Tim Heed, other players of that mold. Uh, so hopefully, you know, all the best to these guys. Hopefully they're here by now and should have the whole summer and training camp to get on the team. Not sure whether they'll be on the AHL team or the NHL team, but more signings that's always good any comments yeah I, we don't we really don't know much about them so let's just hope the best and young players i agree i think team. like using that as another uh that kind of point. resource of kind of filling up your farm system is is beneficial um and doug doug i'm glad that doug wilson kind of likes to pull from that pool yeah. uh, pull from that pool <laughs> uh in addition to the traditional you know, getting players through the draft or trade or free agency. And I feel like free agency is something that is kind of tough, tough to find something great for a reasonable price in the last few years. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, all that said, again, I think Doug Wilson is good at kind of keeping in mind the reality of, of costs versus term with a lot of players. So um, bringing in these guys that potentially could be good could make it in the league and, and giving them a shot for for cheap at first is good you know and Don Skoy had a great first year I mean that's the most evident person right now and he was yeah. kind of out of an off season this past season but with injuries and hopefully he can bounce back yeah. Sorensen did we get him from no Sorensen I knew I was forgetting someone yeah Don yeah. Skoy basically played the entire season this season with like repeated multiple Shepherds yeah. shoulders, so yeah. You know, but Sorensen, like he's another guy that you can get excited about mm-hmm. a little bit, and um, so yeah, I, I'm glad that um, Doug Wilson kind of uses that uh, Euro- European availability of players because you know they want to come over, they want to come and play in the NHL yeah. if they can. So yeah, at most, pretty much every NHL team is going to have better facilities, better pay better pretty much everything than a european team except for maybe the top khl teams and the top khl players i wonder Um, if 
if more NHL teams, if some NHL teams kind of devote, devote more of their scouting staff to Europe. Uh, yeah, I'm sure others, better teams it, it, that are repeatedly not picking high in the draft probably have yeah. to focus more on other pipelines. Like a yeah. ton of Europeans play on, you know, a lot of NHL teams, but what I'm thinking of specifically, you know, the Detroit Red Wings for a long time. Yeah, but, I, that's uh, the Europe same players. team I was just thinking of, yeah. But uh, moving on, it would be interesting to see that spread, though, of kind of which, how they allocate yeah, what, their what scouting, teams you know, use a, which pipelines and stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, do they go from North America? Do they go mainly from like high draft picks? That'd be interesting. Be interesting um, to kind of like learn learn more about scouting and kind of yeah, uh, kind of what they do and how they approach things and kind of how they balance their time between various prospects and and where they're going to see them throughout the the season and such and the off season yeah. too probably a lot of ahl signings uh yeah. troy gross grossnick uh he played backup for us two a year ago two years ago and was back down in the NHL. bad season AHL. i think mcclellan's yeah. final year where he didn't make the playoffs yeah um but he, well, he, he was like a eight. he was like a third stringer then i think yeah he played like a game or two when our backup situation wasn't clear yeah he won ahl goal of the year so congrats yeah, to him, thing. and he turned that into a new contract. So he got a two-year extension as an RFA, um, which kind of solidifies us. Some people have saying maybe Aaron Dell will be taken in the draft, in the expansion draft. Trey Grosnick maybe isn't as good, uh, but still very capable backup. So that's great. Uh, we've re-signed Tim Heed, Julius Bergman, and uh, Joaquin Ryan. Do we resign Julius Bergman? I thought it was Ryan Carpenter. And Ryan Carpenter. Oh, two and I, year, I know two about Julius deals, Bergman. And everyone got, I believe Bergman was there too. And everyone got two-year, two two-way two way deals for like the same money. Which is very interesting because um, by all accounts, Ryan Carpenter was set to test free agency. And I thought Tim Heed would too, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I believe Ryan Carpenter's scout even said that they were going to, or not scout, Agents said that they were going to test free agency, and then they ended up not. And, as we'll talk about later, he ended up getting protected in the expansion draft. So you can yeah. only say that them protecting Carpenter and allowing him to not test the free agent market, which where he probably would have gotten some more money than maybe he got with us, really shows that the Sharks have a commitment to him. So, yeah, and man, he did a, he did a great he job did a great in the job. playoffs. Wasn't he yeah. the Barracuda's leading scorer in the playoffs? Yeah, seriously, and you know he he had made, I think maybe ten points in the limited games he had with the Sharks as a fourth line player. So yeah, great. I think he both you and I, I think he, both you and I liked him when he played out with the big club. You especially, oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I was all about him. Yeah, yeah, especially it doesn't really seem like Michael Haley's coming back. So nice to like Michael Haley's still a free agent, and he <laughs> the Bower does love him though. <laughs> I mean, dude, for what he is, he's great. Yeah. He's I, think he, the grass, I think like, we talked about how he gets more crap than, than I think he probably him. deserves. He probably doesn't need to fight as much he's as not, he does, but he's not, he's not gonna as bring bad of a player offense. as people make him out to be. Yeah, sorry. Uh, he's not going to bring all this offense, but, you know, he's defensively responsible and he'll stick up for his teammates, and we don't have very many people like that. You know, Brendan Dillon is a little bit too good to risk injury um, and, like, hand injury through fighting and stuff like that all the time, so someone else has got to fill that role as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other big thing, uh, Bob Bugner is now the head coach of the Florida Panthers. 
pretty tough coaching loss, I would say. Forgive me for my uh, voice crack right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bugner is in, um, in charge of the defense, and our defense did really well in the other two years he was here. So, you know, all the power to you. Go Florida. Nope. Now you have Demers. <laughs> no, go Florida. <laughs> you got Demers good and luck Bugner. Good in job. Florida. Good luck in Florida. <laughs> Not sure. go Florida. That's what I meant to say, anyways. Yeah. Uh, we don't get a compensation pick, which is too bad. Yeah. At least we, we got a compensation up. pick for McClellan, didn't we? Oh, we did, yeah, because we gave one up for DeBoer, but then we got one for McClellan, so yeah. whatever. Yeah, they pretty much stopped that. They're like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> We're going to stop that <laughs> Yeah, they're like third-round picks. And I think yeah. before when it happened, I was like, oh, it's just a third-round pick, but now I'm like... Oh, picks that's fairly useful. high <laughs> yeah it's like first three rounds and then maybe fourth round is like eh, no but like first three it's like yeah that's actually useful for things because yeah. that like once you get to the third round it's like every like third fourth fifth round like those players are all just like yeah we like no one has like a ranking that we're all like ranked it's like pretty much just like a crapshoot of like who takes who because certain teams like certain players and you know, the talent pool is a pyramid, so the elite are at the top. There's only a few. Second and third round, there's, like, more people of lower skill. And then once you get to the lower rounds, there's a lot of people. Yeah. So, yeah it doesn't matter. Anyways, you know, really wish the other assistant who was in charge of the power play got taken, but that didn't happen. Dude, that's what everybody's saying, but I feel like this is one of those things where, like, next year they're just going to have another good year. Like, remember that year the penalty kill was atrocious and the next year it was, like, way better? Yeah, but, like, who did we bring in who was a penalty killer or something like that? I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. Whatever. Because yeah, the I reason agree. I'm skeptical yeah, is because, yeah, it was terrible this season, but with the same personnel the year before, it was, it was like, elite. same coach. It was great. Yeah. You I, know, I don't know what would make it better and who is also a good penalty killer? <laughs> Ilya Kovalchuk. Ilya Kovalchuk. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is going to crap on us for saying this, but I slightly idolized Ilya Kovalchuk. He's a beast, and he has maybe the best shot in the world. In high school, Ian wanted to. <laughs> Ian was at a point where he really wanted to get a no, it was Ilya college. Kovalchuk it wasn't high jersey. And I said, You could not. Was it? Oh, yeah. It was probably. Yeah, it was, it was college. college. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, the, the Devils, like Christmas tree jerseys, they're like 80s throwbacks, are really cool. They are cool. And I got in a period where I really liked Ilya Kovalchuk. But you cannot get another team's jersey. Yes. I'm like, I did not. I did not. That was okay. Yeah, but uh, potentially Kovalchuk wants to come back after spending a couple years in Russia, after shysting the Devils, screwing them over. <laughs> I know. And uh, he's ready to come back. And so he has – the Devils have his rights. And he will come back and um, – the Devils will have to trade him to the team he wants to sign for, and then the team who he wants to sign for will have to trade something to the Devils in return. What the return will be, or what he'll command, or whatever, I don't know. Ilya Kovalchuk is not that old. He's 34. He's an elite player. He could play for a little bit longer. He put up massive points in the KHL. Obviously, that team is that league is not as good as the NHL, not as defensively minded, but he still could score easily 25-plus goals. If you put him on the power play, uh, you got Burns at that right point, and then you've got Kovalchuk on the left side. 
down low for a one-timer, dude, that would be amazing. It would he be. He would be. We, our, our, our power play would be the best in the league. Just like, who do you guard? I don't know. <laughs> do you guard Pavelski for the tip in the center? Do you guard Burns for the high, high shot all the way through? Or do you, you know, camp on Kovalchuk's side? Or do you go down low with hopefully Thornton still being on a roster? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Very interesting. So that's the thing. Th- this next week is so I know, dude. All the news so is the critical best of everything ever. happening. You know, it's going to yeah. be so interesting to see how things play out in the next. I guess since free agency starts July first, um, next two weeks. Dude, GM George McPhee with the uh, Vegas Knights must feel like such a baller right now. He literally <laughs> controls it's the like, entire NHL for these next like three or four days. It's like a kid in the candy store with like so much credit. Because even if you're not, you know, they're not going to have a great team at first, but still, like, the excitement of just I mean, building you your team from scratch. Lists, if you look at the protected list, they're not going to have a terrible team. I saw I'm that. Not, I, uh, would, I would bet that they would not be last in the league. I saw that Eric Stahl was left unprotected. Dude, yeah, Minnesota. there's some, like, there's some, like, dude, I want to I wanna hit on what the Islanders did because they <laughs> effed up. Anyways, let's, uh, yeah. So, okay, so, so another another like crazy tinfoil hat thing that makes me think that uh, Kovalchuk might come back. So, well, so he wants to come back. That's been stated, and people are saying, well, you know, he's been out of the league for a while, so he'll probably come back to a team that is like more in like a win now mode type thing, and who he has ties to. Who is his former coach, Peter DeBoer? Mm-hmm. And apparently, they got on really well. So, all about that. And uh, the Sharks also made a deal to the Devils recently. They traded Mirko Mueller in a yeah. fifth-round 2017 pick for the Devils' second-round 49th overall and fourth-round 123rd overall picks in, in this year's draft, 2017 draft. Um, so it was uh, – I mean, I, I hoped that Mirko Mueller would pan out I probably hope too long. Migs was already passed on. Good it. I remember The, the, <laughs> the season kidding. that Mirko, that Mirko <laughs> got a lot of ice time with the big club. I, I don't know. I don't think I really got to catch that many games that season because, because of school. Um, so I hadn't really seen that. So I was like high hopes on him still, you know, he had the talent, but he just, all these European signings coming in and, some college signings he's just his depth is done but like like kevin kerr said the organization handled his first year really poorly he should not uh, have been playing in the nhl that much that early yeah he's only 20 22 yeah something like that or 23 or even like 21 or something he's like really young and he was immediately playing in the nhl he's been a he's a third year pro so he's gonna have to be protected if we wanted to keep him and i think that definitely uh, encourage this deal um, as well as him just not really doing well. They're like, we don't want to waste a spot on you. Vegas could probably pick you. You know, you're like a former first round pick that maybe just needs, maybe just needs this change of scenery and a new coach. Yeah. Um, so let's get something for him. They send them to the devils. They're a rebuilding team, different side of the league. Maybe that'll help, you know, kick him up or into gear or something like that. But uh, the Sharks totally bobbed with Mueller. They traded a second rounder to move up two spots to take him in 2013. 
and uh, oh, man. yeah, and then they just screwed <laughs> Why over. Why you have his, to say that? <laughs> and then they screwed over his uh, his uh, development. And then in 2014, they took Goldobin, who is a high risk, high reward pick, and it was all high risk. And we traded him to Vancouver for Yannick Hansen, who is good. Those were some not ideal yeah, first round 20, picks. 2013, 2014, and when people are like, the Sharks need to make more interesting picks. They need to take like more high skill players. It's like, you know, A, we generally play pretty well, and we don't really get top 10 picks. Generally, we're like 20th or lower. Or like, we're like the 15 to 20 range for our first round picks. And, yeah. You know, unless their draft is pretty deep, that's like high second round pick territory. So, yeah, and even if you pick a player that's more, like, guaranteed to make the NHL but less skill, like, you can still get assets from that player. You know, like, Mirko yeah. Mueller wasn't necessarily, like, a high-risk player. They thought he was going to do well. They messed up. You know, now if the AHL team's so close to San Jose, or in San Jose and so close to the NHL club, maybe that won't happen again. They can keep their watches on things, but, you know, that sucked. Yeah. And uh, I personally will take a solid second-line, third-line player if there isn't anyone available in the first round or, you know, draft down or something like that instead of taking these high-risk, high-reward players. I just don't think we need to do it because there are other pipelines for high-risk, high-reward players. You can sign a European free agent you can sign an Ilya Kovalchuk, no problem. Yeah, right? you know, just dump his contract. He's not thirty-five plus, and you know, <laughs> no matter what contract he signs, the team is on the on the hook for no matter what, even if he retires for a second time. Oh wait, no, he is. That's right. Watch him like go for one year and be like, you know, this. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired of this again. I'm gonna this go back NHL to Russia. Is really hard. I gotta go back mm. home, guys. Yeah, although the West Coast travel, being a California team, you know, if he has already retired once and wanted to go back home. Maybe being on the West Coast is not the right thing. That's a grind. Yeah. But he did score 78 points in 60 games last year, so we'll take that. Who and knows how his game playoffs. will translate back in the NHL, but I, I still but think he, he's he still... spent most of his career in the NHL. Like, he knows what to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Expansion draft. So, yeah, let's talk about this. So I know that we wanted to make um, each make our list of the, the people that we wanted to protect before the actual official list so were released earlier today. Um, so we did that really before. I don't think we've talked about what we've done yet. On our honor, we, re we made these lists before the actual lists were released, so you'll get an idea of what we thought should happen. Um, I guess I'll go first. Did you make two lists or one list? Did you like first just choose what the Sharks would do and then go with that? I made uh, a 7 three, one, and an 8-1. I eight, just one. made one list. Okay. To be honest, this is more kind of what I wanted to see happen. Yeah. I made two, and then after I made the second one, I'm like, I know which one I want them to do. Yeah. So I I kind of heard different things, and this is the one that appealed the most to me just because it made the most sense for, I think, where the team is and kind of in a win-now mode. Um, so I thought uh, I went with the eight skaters and one goaltender. So oh, the, uh, the goaltender, obviously, is Martin Jones. Um, I, I'll just say that I went for the 7 three, one. Oh, okay. Oh, some conflict here. Yeah. Anyway, my forwards were Logan Couture. Wait, sorry, Jared repeat, repeat the, what you said for the first time, because I think you said the goalie, and I'm yeah, sure it was so Jones. Martin Jones, I... obviously, is a goaltender. It's, that's an easy choice. And then so now um, eight skaters, so defensemen and forwards. Yeah, so 
I chose four four forwards, four four defensemen okay. among those eight yeah, skaters. So the four first. forwards were Logan Couture, mm-hmm. Joe Pavelski, mm-hmm. Tomas Hurdle, mm-hmm. Chris Tierney. Really, there shouldn't be a lot of Ooh. surprises there. So, so notable forwards you left off. Notable forwards I left off: uh, Mikkel Bodker, yeah. Yannick Hansen, our, our trade mm-hmm. target as of late. Joe Ward, mm-hmm. uh, Melker Carlson. That might be one of the big young players that's left off as well. Uh, and um, so I I'm think... not going to say Ryan Carpenter because I didn't realize until yeah. today that he needed to be protected. So exactly same. Like I, I actually tweeted Kevin Kurz. I was like, Kevin Kurz, does Chris Tierney yeah, need to be protected? Like, and then he's like, this I'm... dummy. <laughs> No, I I'm tweeted kidding. him before. I'm sure he doesn't remember me. But I, like, phrased my question poorly, and he's like, like uh, what Chris is Tierney your question? is an RFA. Uh, <laughs> what's your question? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, sorry, uh, please answer my question. And then he said, yes, he does need to be protected. But, yeah, yeah. I, I dropped the ball on Carpenter, too. I did not know that. We're both assuming that Thornton and Marlon do not resign, and as undrafted yes. free agents, they could be selected by Vegas, but they could just choose not to sign with Vegas. Yeah. So it's pretty much a wasted pick. I think it's highly unlikely they will sign with Vegas because they want yeah. to win Stanley Cup, and I don't think Vegas... Yeah. Vegas is the lowest possible team to, However, to win that this year. Um, we don't need to talk extensively about this, but Kevin Kurz did put in an article that brought some interesting facts to light. Not facts. Interesting ideas. Um, Marlowe has previously expressed you know, some desire to leave, and it seems like there's some conflict with DeBoer and Marlowe's like, positioning on the on the third line and the second line instead of the first line with Mar- uh, Thornton. And uh, yeah, so it seems like we're, most people agree that it's going to be really hard to bring back two. So we'll likely only bring back one of Thornton or Marlowe. Obviously everyone wants to bring back two, but just with their age and the year contract demands, like the amount of time and then the amount of money they want might be hard to make it. To be honest, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Happen. Yeah. But the most said, disturbing thing about that article, though, I, the, I don't know if it's the same one, was the freaking yes, picture, picture that he made. Kevin Kerr's photoshopped Joe Thornton in a Nashville Predators sweater Ugh. and Patrick Marlowe in a duck sweater. And that was disgusting. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> mm-hmm. So disgusting. Yeah. But in the article, uh, why I brought it up is because he said maybe he could go to Vegas. Obviously, they're not a win-now team. But it seemed like his desire was to stay close to family because he listed that if he was be okay with moving to uh, Anaheim or L.A. And then also the Rangers. Didn't really know where that came from. But Vegas is also very close. So, Dude, uh, no, dude, Vegas. Yeah. However, uh, Adidas <laughs> is getting the jerseys next season instead of Reebok. And so they've been, like, teasing their slightly dude, modified jerseys. Dude, you're jumping all over the place. I, I haven't am. even finished my list. I'm sorry. They were great and they looked cool. Okay, but you need to chill out because you I have not even finished my list. You haven't even mentioned your list. Okay, we're gonna okay, finish okay, this okay, first okay. and then we're gonna that'll be our last exciting touch point, okay? Yeah, because we have right. some news there. We invested. The forwards I chose I don't think are all that surprising. Okay. Now defensemen. First three are not very obvious. Brent Burns, Vlasic, Braun. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now I chose Paul Martin mm-hmm. as the fourth defenseman and eighth skater overall. Now, why I thought this was good, um, I was convinced by the argument that of just Paul Martin's importance to the team, but also the defense and kind of for what he's done as Brent Burns' uh, defense partner. So I really like him as a player. He was an excellent free agent signing for kind of like a well-experienced guy for what he's done for Burns, what he's done for the defense. 
obviously him and Ward coming in and we made it to the Stanley Cup final. Um, I think they're yeah. signing them had a was kind of a great move to kind of get us to that point. So yeah, that's With, kind of what uh, I was thinking. Um, Martin as Burns' defense partner. Burns has put his highest production seasons as defenseman. Definitely. So what what about you? I want to hear your list. So notable people you left exposed would be Dylan, Schlemko, DeMello, Carlson, Hansen, Bodker, uh, Ward. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'll also add this. <clears throat> The player that I'd probably be saddest to see go among the players I did not protect would be Brendan Dillon, I would say. You know, and that's, to be honest, like, I, Doug Wilson said this, and I think, like, I would agree with this, and I think a lot of Sharks fans would agree. I think that among a lot of teams, we're pretty well set up for the draft. Because if, oh, if yeah. you have to lose, like, Brendan Dillon, that's like, even if we had to world. lose Paul Martin, like, that's not the worst thing that could happen, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah but I, I think Dil- totally the reason I'd be sad about Dylan going is because I think he's developed well over the past three years and mm-hmm. he's just gotten better each season. I wasn't a huge fan of him at first, but I, I like kind of where his game is at now and what he brings to the team. So. Yeah. I've also seen it in person, so there's that. I saw you him have? in Shark Store one time with, oh, okay. with my wife and I said, Hey, Allie, that's Brendan Dylan. That's number four. He's playing tonight. And he was in the store with like a his like girlfriend or uh, a date, and I, I guess he was like, oh, "Yeah, we'll buy you something for the game." And he was like, "There's my jersey." <laughs> I don't want that one. And then he ended up he ended up getting a, in a fight that game, and I was like, "Oh, that kind of sucks." <laughs> like you have your girlfriend, you see him after the game, and you're like, black eye, bruised face, like bloody knuckles, and like, oh, "Yeah, I broke my fist for you, baby." Um, interesting. Yeah. So I guess, so who do you hope they would take? Bodker. <laughs> Bodker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, to be honest, I, I wouldn't, I think whatever's going to happen is whatever's going to happen. I won't be too heartbroken about it, but Dylan would probably be the saddest to go. Yeah. Yeah. I am thoroughly thankful that we are not in a, like all of our forwards who we would like normally like to protect are like second year pros or don't meet other eligible require or not well they don't really meet the like eligibility, eligibility requirements yeah. so they don't have to be protected at all like otherwise we could be losing a lot more people or they would have a bigger thing to choose from and maybe we'd have to wheel and deal to Vegas and I don't think we'll actually have to make any sort of deals to Vegas yeah. I think no matter who we lose it's going to be okay um, so I made two lists to help me think through this. And after I made both lists, I decided on the one list I would like the sharks to do. Okay. And that is seven, three, one. Okay. Which the sharks ended up doing. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Wait, yeah. they did your, your, they did your same exact list. No, no, no. Cause I, oh. I as well did not realize Carpenter had to be protected oh yes okay so uh goalies i protected aaron no just kidding i protected martin <laughs> i protected troy grossing <laughs> i protected jones um i think there's some talk that vegas might take aaron dell which you know would kind of suck but ultimately he's very it, yeah. very replaceable troy grossnick has improved and has been more consistent it seems and had a very very good year in the nhl and AHL goaltending is like I think I've heard and seen that it's one of the greatest 
uh, signifiers of NHL success. So that would be great. Another year under his belt as a pro. Uh, San Jose's got good goaltending coaches. So if Aaron Dell goes, Jones and Grossnick, that's fine with me. Uh, defenseman Burns, Flasic, and Braun are protected. So that leaves Martin, Dylan, Schlemko, and Develo eligible to be taken. I, in my eight in one draft, I actually protected Dylan over Martin. Okay, yeah. So I would, I would, if I had another slot, I would have given it um, to to Dylan. And I think, I think we've had this talk, and the, the dudes from Dudes in Hockey have talked about this. They think the stability that Martin Jones provides to Brent Burns is. You mean Paul Martin? Yeah, sorry. Uh, is the hardest thing to replace as well as the minutes he plays. You're not really sure if someone else is going to have that chemistry and someone else needs to be able to play those minutes. Um, and that's a harder replacement than Brendan Dillon is the argument there, uh, who will be you know hard to replace but ultimately more replaceable than Martin. Schlemko and DeMello, those are easily replaceable. Um, we've got a lot of AHL defensive talent, so we should be okay for the bottom pairings. However, so what is your argument? I I heard that argument, and then I was thinking, really, Martin. all Martin does is play extra defensively to allow Burns to, you know, a little bit more free roam, and they have some chemistry. And I'm thinking, if we lose Martin, we have the whole offseason to prepare Burns with a new partner, right? How will Burns do with Dylan? You know, how will Burns do with Braun or Vlasic or someone else? And maybe we take a, maybe we sign but a UFA do you want or to make split a trade. Up Braun and Vlasic? That's a question. Who knows? Right? Exactly. Like, so I think it's worth experimentation. Uh, the thing that Martin has for him going is really good hockey sense. He's a great professional. Um, and he pairs well with Burns, and I don't think that's like unique. I think you could find someone who's a little bit more defensively minded and pair them with Burns. However, the biggest con against Martin is his foot speed and his age and his contract. Dylan is better in all of those. He's much younger, he has a better contract, and he's definitely faster. And as we've seen over the past two years, defenseman foot speed is like now the newest hottest thing and i think martin can definitely get exposed and has been especially in these past couple years as the team as teams are beginning younger and faster like for sure so i think long term dylan is the one to protect because he's only 26 he's got a lot more years on his contract yeah i get that and on the team i think martin while it would probably be hard to fill immediately there are other ways to fill it you know you could pull someone yeah you have to understand that my, I'm not saying my pick wrong. of Paul Martin was is kind of more short term focus, to be honest. Yeah. And I understand that what you're saying is kind of more long term approach. Yeah. It is more long term approach. The Sharks are definitely in a win now mode. Uh my my bet here is that it's not actually harder to replace the chemistry with Burns and the defensive stability with Burns to allow them to be as offensive as people are assuming it will be. Yeah. And that's a that's a hope. Okay. And I think some of that is also, I just want to add, I think some of that is also 
we got to have to we have we have to give Burns some credit too in his mm-hmm. own development. I think he's definitely benefited with being with Paul Martin these past couple of years, but I think amidst that he's also become more defensively responsible and kind of improved his game defensively a bit as well mm-hmm. um, compared to offensively. I don't think it's just because he's with Paul Martin. Um, I could be yeah. wrong, but I, I highly doubt that. I mean, he's getting more experienced um, as a D-man. He's played the game longer. Um, he's learned from some great coaches like Larry Robinson and you know Bob Bugner and everything. And I think, <clears throat> I think he's shown some growth in there as well. So I think that adds some more merit to your argument that you know, even with another partner, Burns can do um, pretty solidly moving forward uh, if Paul Martin were to be taken by Vegas, which, you know, he is exposed with, as yeah. we'll, we'll get to the actual list. So, so uh, I protected for the forwards, I protected Pavs, Kachur, Tierney, Ward, Hurdle, Carlson, and Hansen. Um, I did not know that Ryan Carpenter needed to be protected. I'm not sure what I would have done if I had understood that. That's assuming Thornton and Marlowe don't resign until after the draft, or even if they do resign, it won't happen before. Um, so that leaves Haley replace, definitely replaceable, and it doesn't really seem like he's on his way back. And Bob Kerr, who we definitely want him to be picked, um, he is a bad contract right now. And uh, doesn't really gel with the team. And I earnestly hope that he does this whole entire offseason to please DeBoer as best as possible in skill and system and whatever. Bodker is a talented player, but he just did not fit at all with the Sharks. I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt of like one more season or like halfway through the season. And if he's still not turning around, I will all be. I will jump on the bad wagon and, you know, say get rid of Bodker. But he's played in Arizona his whole career, and it was his first trade. And I'm sure it's going to be hard for him to adjust, and, you know, who knows. I agree. Like, I, I would probably give him another season, but given the situation that we're in particularly, yeah, that we Vegas really could take him, it's a good opportunity oh, yeah. to get rid of his contract. Totally. If, if we were to lose him now versus, like, trying to trade him it's like it wouldn't that be bad if if he was the player that was picked up in my opinion so. yeah exactly and for the points that he put up that's replaceable that's easily replaceable with someone who makes like three million less dollars than he does you know and yeah. that extra that bad contract you know that can help bring thornton or marlo back or maybe a, a bigger name on the free agent market because the uh salary cap was increased from 73 to 75 million so it's another $2 million we get out of thin air to help with our situation. So, you know, everything helps. That'd be great. Um, yeah. What, do you want to move on to who uh, was actually protected? And yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Cool. I'm trying to pull up the list here now just to make sure I have it right. Yeah. Keep on trying not to go back on Twitter because there's just so much news and it's all so juicy. Oh, while you're finding it, so the Islanders apparently did the eight and one protection, mm-hmm. and instead of doing four forwards, four defensemen, they did three forwards and five defensemen, and then they protected some like really random people who were just like completely average players. Yeah, and then they're like, 
oh, but we really want to like pr- make sure you don't protect, don't take some of our like really high end. Like they let Ryan Strom be eligible, who's like a former first round draft pick, who yeah. like generally is like regarded as somewhat skilled. I don't think he's really gone as developmentally as they had hoped, but like they're still going to lose a player. And the amount of people that they've protected, like, they're going to lose someone who's, like, not bad, like, a contributor to their team. And then, reportedly, they also gave – they're in the – they have worked out a deal to Vegas to give them a first-round pick to, like, not pick some of the other players. So they're going to, like, lose a contributor and lose a first-round pick to, like, do whatever they needed. And if they had just chose 7-3-1 and not protected that random – I think it was Matt Pelek or Pelek something who's just like replaceable, like a good player, but like, you know, Matt Pelek. Like, didn't he play for the Sharks? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm getting his first name right. Or In his the farm last system? Name. Yeah. I'm not sure. That could be the wrong person, but they like just protected an average player, which made them go like eight and one. And if they had would have gone seven, three, one, they would have been able to protect everyone that they needed to and kept their first round pick. And it's like, yeah. Garth Snow, you are a terrible GM. I don't know a ton about the roster, but I can't think of anybody on their roster right now. I mean, besides, you know, Tavares. Um, but, like, any like, don't really noticeable, often, notable you know. defensemen on their roster. Roster. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like... Dude, that seems strange to me, yeah. Yeah, very strange move. Anyway. But apparently so, Vegas to do these like side deals to not pick player X on our team and instead pick player Y. So in general, just like don't pick this player or giving you another prospect to pick a player with a bad contract. Apparently Vegas has believed to already have three first round draft picks. Wow. Yeah. With more on the table potentially coming. So I think it's Chicago's first round pick, the Islanders first round pick and their overall number six pick that they got from the draft as well. That's awesome. And I could, yeah, I know Minnesota was really trying to wheel and deal to get some of their stuff because they had to protect Eric Stahl, which left Scandella and Matt Dumba open, who are some really good players and key contributors to their team. And I guess Eric Stahl had a no-movement clause, and they wanted him to waive it, and he said no, um, so they had to protect him. I thought, Stahl, no, I thought Eric Stahl got exposed. I saw that somewhere. Maybe he did. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I know Minnesota <laughs> You're just was, making up stuff. <laughs> there's just so much stuff going on. It's hard to keep track of. And I'm anyway, sorry. let's focus on the Sharks right now, though. Um, yeah. But they so the only like difference four be- first-round picks. It's crazy. Yeah. The only difference between your list and the actual list was is Ward instead of um, Carpenter. And you already we already explained that. We did, yeah. didn't realize Carpenter. So I'm curious, though. Why, why would you have protected Ward? Um... I didn't know Carpenter needed to be selected, and the only players that are left eligible to be selected with my Pavs, Couture, Tierney, Ward, Hurdle, Carlson, and Hansen in the 731 scheme is Michael Haley and Mikhail Bodker. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So I probably <laughs> would have taken Ryan Carpenter, honestly, because I think Joel Ward's contract for what he's giving, while though he's a great person and an awesome player, uh, his he is 36 turning 37 uh, and his his performance dropped off a cliff yeah and he's counted on to not do that and he did that and it was very sad <coughs> so yeah 
I totally see why they exposed him. I think it's the right thing to do. So here's a question. Who do you think that Vegas will pick? Um, one thing before that, I do think that Carpenter definitely could add competition to Tierney's spot for sure. I think they're a similar player in the sense that both probably like fourth line center because Thornton, Pavs, Couture, and Hurdle are all above Tierney for that center position. So that's at least three people in front of him on the center spine depth. So that pretty much means Tierney's on the fourth line center. Maybe not for the whole season because some people will play better than the others. Some people will move up and down. But I think um, Carpenter easily is uh, for sure a solid fourth-line center spot and maybe even third-line center. So interesting stuff going on. Who do I want Vegas to pick? Who do you think they will pick, not who do you want them to pick? We we already talked about Bodker, so. So you said – so who's exposed again? Let me, let me uh, see if I can bring it up on my phone. It is, it is Dylan is exposed. Schlemko is exposed. Um, Dylan DeMello is exposed. Paul Martin is exposed. Uh, forwards, it's Joel Ward, Mikel Bodker, and Michael Haley. Um, okay, bring this up so I can look over it. Uh, I, they're not going to pick Michael Haley. Yeah, so, so that's either. fine. Um, okay, yeah. They're not going to pick Joel Ward. Sorry, they're not going to pick Joe Thornton or uh, Patrick Marlowe because they're free agents. So if they picked them, they, the Marlowe or Thornton could just not sign with them for the next like week or so. And then on July 1st, they're normal free agents. So No, it's not. it's not picking them. They could sign with them. But yeah, no, they no, no. Couldn't Vegas pick wouldn't player. pick them in the expansion. No, if Vegas picked them from our team in the expansion draft, and then they didn't sign with the Vegas Golden Knights, then they just like lost the pick. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't. They're not going to do that. That's what I'm saying. They're not going to do that, so I don't have to worry yeah. about that. And there's some AHL players on here, like uh, Dan Kelly, uh, Stortini, Robinson. I don't really think Pedro is going to be picked. He's like a tweener NHL guy, so no. Bodker, Ward, Brendan Dillon, Paul Martin, David Schlemko, Aaron Bell. I think this depends on how much they're really going for. Um,. I've heard some, versus some experience. Yeah, because they've got a lot of things, right? They want to be able to be competitive. They want to have some good players. They want to have players with big contracts so they can hit the salary floor. And they also want growth players who, you know, like prospect players, right? Um, so Joel Ward and Mikhail Bodker basically make the same amount of money, from mm-hmm. what I tell. Why would you pick... Joel Ward. I think there are better like professionals to pick than Joel Ward and maybe we would be able to produce more. Um, I know we want them to produce Bodker. Maybe they'll shy away from him because of his last season. But I think a change of scenery could help him. I think they'll probably choose Bodker or Dylan. 
Bodker, I agree. Dylan, I think or they Martin. should choose Dylan. I, I think, think they should I, choose Dylan, yeah. He's I, 26-year-old, fast, good defenseman. Like, why would you not want him? I think they should actually choose Dylan or Martin just to get, like, a young defenseman or a good veteran leader defenseman. Yeah. But that being said, my my um, thought with this is somewhat uneducated because I don't know the, all the other teams' expansion lists and kind of who they're leaving open and, yeah. and what's more obvious for Vegas to take from those lists. So, um, so that's just based then, purely on what I know the Sharks have available. Yeah, and then even then, like what deals are in place but like not announced of who's going to be picked where. So yeah like this is like uh this is like 3d chess on uh, blindfolds like no one knows what's going on but i think we both can agree that hopefully they take vodka <laughs> yeah i i honestly think that could be good for vegas too like yeah. i think vodka with a change of scenery not with the weight of needing to prove himself to our fan base or to our coaching staff or the same team like i think that could do well for him like the knights aren't really going to be that good they're not going to be you know the worst team in the league i don't think so he doesn't have, or like, like there's more slack there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe I don't think they'll play the same type of, like, hardcore defensive hockey that the Sharks do. So I think that could bode well for them. However, um, I think defensemen are going to be hard to come by. And Dylan is a solid guy. So I think, yeah, he I is. think they'll take Dylan. Martin, I think, is just a little bit too old for them. Yeah. Another thing that should be considered amidst all this with the expansion draft and free agency coming after that is uh, the salary cap has been increased to $75 million. Um, so that's good news for a lot of teams, you know, considering if we want to re-sign Thornton um, or Marla or both. Um, that's a good thing. And uh, so we'll see how all that plays out. Um, anyway, let's talk about the – got to go soon. But let's talk about these, uh, these new uh, Ooh, hash- the these hashtag threads that are coming out. Hashtag form the future. So Adidas <laughs> is doing jerseys next year in multiple interviews with COO of the Sharks, John Tortora. He's announced that the Sharks will have two jerseys next year, both Adidas. Um, they'll be home and away. They will not have a third jersey next year. It will not be a, the Black Armor jersey. And then in the year after that, uh, I guess that's to help Adidas, you know, with the supply of supplying all the jerseys for the NHL and the fan demand from scratch, they have to like kind of limit it in the beginning. So next season we'll get a brand new third Jersey that we'll see. And that should be pretty cool. Uh, but this season they have new jerseys and they've slowly been teasing a picture too. I think the actual one is going to be released on Tuesday. So that'll be kind of fun. That'd be exciting. But Migs and I did some inspection and we've seen that there are multiple patterns here, like patterns of design patterns for the Jersey. If you go on Twitter and you look at the Philadelphia jersey, it is clearly a different cut. And the materials used are different than almost every single other picture. We're not just talking about colors. We're talking about like cuts and patterns and materials used. And the Sharks jersey, upon close inspection, has a black collar. Ooh. Yeah, and you really, you really got me with this because I did not yeah. notice that. And then you showed me the zoomed up picture, and you could see the fabric, and I was like, "What? Yeah, that could look pretty interesting." I'm, I'm excited I, to see I what it looks like. I thought it was kind of like an NFL jersey, you know, where there's kind of just like a head hole, and there's really a collar, and it just kind of <laughs> yeah. stretches over the pads. 
I was yeah. like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, you know, there's like NHL pads. Like, they, they might need something like that. And I was like, that just looks weird. It looks like a hole in the shirt. And then I, like, I zoomed in, and then I was like, oh, like, oh my gosh, there's black fabric there. And then I looked at other teams uh, and like Nashville Predators. Like, it's, it says like Nashville on their collar. And like the Dallas Stars and some other teams have some uh, the, like monochrome stuff where you can clearly see that the collar is there. So it's like, there is a collar. It's oh, black. Yeah. So maybe it's so, it'll look a little it's bit so discreet for the sharks. It's very discreet. It's like so hidden. Yeah. But I found it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it looks like there'll be a little bit different this next coming season, which I will welcome. I think there could be a little bit more going on in the sharks current jerseys. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the new hats. Me too. Everything oh, will hats. be Adidas. Yes. So oh, you like the Adidas shark store, The Shark Store has, I think, 50% off everything for a limited but time. I th- I'm not sure it's online. I think it's only in-store. It's in not. Store. It's in-store only. But Dude, you got to pick me up something everything. if you're driving down there. Oh, I'll no. You, you're you not going there, down there for a couple weeks. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but it's 50% off everything, including jerseys. Yeah. But my dog ate my hat again. Are you so serious? She did. I know. She's beautiful Get rid of her. and such a good dog. <laughs> But I hate kidding. it when she eats my stupid hats. Um, so I gotta get a new hat, and I'm gonna wait until we get new Adidas hats instead of Reebok. Hats. They'll probably make things cheaper online eventually too, with all the uh, Reebok yeah. stuff going out of but going out of phase. With that, I think it's gonna be time to go. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It was good chatting with you again about the Sharks, and I'm excited to maybe in about a week or a week and a half we can get back to it and kind of discuss what happened with the expansion draft and everything. Yeah, probably after the draft. The New Jerseys, of course. (laughs) Yeah, New Jerseys, expansion draft, probably a trade will go on during the draft, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. We'll probably see you after the draft and maybe before free agency or after free agency. Who knows? Exciting time. It is exciting. All right. We'll see you all next time on the next episode of Back to the Point. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. Or you can listen online at www.backtothepointpodcast.com. Do you have any questions for us? Want to suggest a topic for us to discuss in the air? Tweet us at underscore back to the point or email us at back to the point at yahoo.com. The views and content included in this podcast are our own and is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League in any capacity.